Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on all audio platforms and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE where you'll also find lots of other interesting book news. My guest today is Joel Dicker, the Swiss novelist who's best known for his international hit, The Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair. The book has sold millions of copies in over 40 countries and was turned into a television miniseries starring Patrick Dempsey. His latest book is called The Disappearance of Stephanie Mailer, another thriller set in the US about a journalist who goes missing. Joel, I suppose first things first. You're Swiss. In fact, we're actually talking to you in your home in Geneva today. But you write in French and your work is based in the US. I know it's weird, yeah. Uh, the thing is, I've been spending a lot of time in the United States of America since I'm a, I'm a kid. Uh, I have cousins that, uh, that lives there. Uh, we used to have all cousins that had a, a fantastic summer house in Maine on the East Coast. And uh, I spent all my summer there with my brothers and sister. And it, it was... I think it was a very special feeling for me as a kid, especially when you're a kid and you're going there for a month or two, which is on the, on the, on the life of a little guy. Maybe I was, I don't know, five or six, which is one or two months of life when you're six years old. It's so much time. It's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible amount of time. And so I think that when I was there, I had the feeling that I was able to... to to dream, I was able to create stories. And funny enough, when I decided to be a novelist and when I first started to try to, to write a novel, it was for me an immediate feeling that I should play the story on the East Coast, in the United States, to, I guess, to, to be able to live again, this feeling of freedom that, that, that I used to live when I, when, I, when I was a kid, to, to live this incredible creativity that I was living there. And so I tried for the truth about the Hurricane Road Affair. I was like, I need to give it a try to see how it feels. And it felt good. As I'm a novelist, with me, which means I'm writing fiction, uh, for me, being in Geneva, writing my story in Geneva, being physically in Geneva, but setting the story in the States, it creates this distance that is very important to me because this distance allows me to be in a fictional world. And I knew that if I was trying or if I would set the story in Geneva where I live, I would be this reality check. I would be like all the time, but wait, I cannot really do that to describe this or I cannot place uh, a restaurant on that street because I know the street. I'm going through the street every every week and I know there's no restaurant over there. So so I think it was it was an easy way for me also uh, to be in a, in a complete fictional world. And you obviously write initially in French. I do, yeah, yeah. I write in French and... Uh, and it's and it's very funny because it it's uh, it was for me also a challenge to be able to set a story that is actually in English, if I can say so, because it's in the states. People are talking to them uh, between them in English in the story, but it's in French. So for me, the challenge was was to be uh, writing a novel with no English words. And there's a lot of words, especially in the states, that are very specific words that does not exist in French. For instance, a driveway, which is when you know the states, you know exactly what a driveway is. A driveway in French does not really exist. So I had to try to find some other words to make this, uh, this book only in French with no, no easy way of using some English word to make it more American sound. 
And in terms of that translation process, because the book's, as you say, written initially in French and then translated into English, how has that process been or how do you approach it? It, it was pretty funny because uh, the translator didn't really reach out to me. So it was really up to him to, to decide uh, the process, the words, the choice of everything. But it's funny enough, when, when, I, when I read this story, the final draft of the version, I was like, it's not my book. Not that I don't recall the story, but it's so different, of course, in English than in French. Not the story is the same, of course, but just the feeling, the sound. For instance, in French, you have different way of addressing someone. If it's someone that you doesn't know or someone that you want to show the respect to him, you have different way of showing this respect as opposed to the English where you only have the you which is the, the only way to communicate. There's no difference if you say you to your friend or to the president of the States. In French, it's very different. So, so it was a funny feeling because I had the feeling that it was a different book. But uh, it's also very, very funny because when American people read my story, and it happened to me when I, when I toured in the States, uh, the first night I went to a bookshop and... Uh, and I started to speak in English with my French accent, and immediately everybody like raised their eyes to me. They opened the book. They was like, oh, it's a translation, and it was very funny because they were expecting an American author to be talking to them that night, and uh, here I was. <laughs> and you've used different translators for for different books, and as you said, does has that given each different book a different feel then when you read it as the author, but in a different language? Yeah, it's funny. There's also, so my book uh, were translated in like 40 languages around the world. So most of them, of course, I cannot read them. <laughs> but it's very interesting how there is two things. First of all, every time the same topics from the readers, when I go, when I tour, when I go to the bookshops, wherever it is, different language, but the feelings from the reader are the same. They're, they're, we're exchanging on the same topics, which is very interesting because it means that even though the language is different, because they read it in Italian or in English or in Spanish or in many other languages, the, the feeling of the readers are the same. And that's very important to me because it's not really, when you read a, a book, I think it's not really about the word that you read. You use the word, of course, to get the story, to get into the story, to get the atm- atmosphere. But it's not really about the word and the choice of the word. It's about the feeling that you will get as a reader. Because when you read a book, and that's what is so beautiful about books, you are going to read this book, I don't know, on, on the bus or uh, on, a, on a bench in a park. It's going to be clear and, and, and very, uh, very, very nice. Soon enough, we'll be all outside in the parks reading books. But as we read the story, we're not in the book, we're not in the park. We are living the story. And that's why I think books are so powerful, much more powerful than a TV show, than a movie, because we as readers, we are experiencing, we are creating the story. So that's what is very important for me. And it's very funny to see that anywhere in the world, the most of the readers comes back to me with the same question and the same topics on the books. And as we mentioned at the start, you're probably best known, obviously, for the truth about the Harry Kubert affair, but it wasn't your first book. No, it's true. I've been uh, writing for a very long time now. And the truth about the Harry Kubert was actually my sixth novel. Uh, Four of them were unpublished. And I've tried for many, many years, sent my books to many publishers in Switzerland and France. Uh, I really tried hard, but uh, no one wanted to publish my work. And then I had the first book published that was called The Last Day of Our Fathers. That is a book 
that is set in France during World War II. And, and this book has had a very, very little success. Actually, I think that's my fam family. My parents had bought uh, most of the stock. And, and so it was a very, <laughs> very small success, uh, mostly in Geneva, where I live in Switzerland. And then a couple of months after came, uh, came out the truth about the Harry Kubert affair. And my publisher was so convinced about this second book. And he was telling me, Joel, we, we really have, we have to publish this book right now because it's going to be a huge success. And I was telling him, but how come we just released this first story? We sold really like zero copies. It was really a fiasco. How come do you expect 10 months after to have a huge success? And he told me, you will see. And, uh, and it happened. It was crazy. And he was right, because you've sold, what, 3.6 million copies in over 40 countries at this point. So, again, that must have been a bit of a shock to the system. As you said, you'd written a number before, they weren't successful, and then suddenly, out of nowhere. Yes, it was a shock. It was so unexpected. And honestly, my publisher was the only one to believe in this book. Even though, even me, I was like, really, he insisted so much that I think that I, I, I okayed the publication of the book just for him to stop bothering me about this book. <laughs> I was not expecting that. And so, yes, on that aspect, it was a shock. It was a complete shock. Uh, but the, I think the, the very good thing, the very important thing to me about the previous books is the fact that after this success, this huge success, as it was not my first book and it was not an immediate success, I was ready to write other books. What I mean mm. is like, I think that if the success would have come with the very first book, it would have been... A block, I would have been completely blocked because I, I would have been, but how come? How come a success? What am I going to do now? As it was my sixth novel, I was like, okay, it was a success. It's a bit of a shock. It's a bit uh, like a storm in your life. But now I just have to sit back at, in my office, sit back at my desk and do what I've been doing for the last 10 years and for the last five books before. I have to go back to this feeling. And I think this feeling, the more, the more important is really being enthusiastic about what you're going to write. Uh, it's not about, it's not, I have to write a book because it's my job. It's really like the question, the first question should be, do I really want, do I really want to write a book? And the answer can, can be no. But you obviously had an awful lot of faith in yourself, though, despite the fact that the, the others weren't bestsellers. You just kept going anyway. Yeah, I don't know if it's a faith in myself or it's just a, a faith in the pleasure or I knew how much pleasure I was getting from writing stories. And uh, I became a writer uh, because I, I, I am, or I was a reader at first and I was so mesmerized and I was enjoying so much books. I was like, but I want to write fiction too. I want to be able to give maybe one day people this pleasure of not being on the bus or in the bench as we told before, but being in the story, being like creators of the story. And uh, I think th this was for me, the real purpose of writing books, even though it was not published, even though it was not successful, I was like, but it's not about the success for me was not about how many people will buy copies of my books. Success was about the pleasure that I will get of, uh, through the process of writing a book. And what I love is that you said before that you don't plot. So do you just sit down and, and wait and hope? <laughs> yeah, I hope. Maybe I try a lot. I try a lot because I, I'm just trying to think of a story, but it's very difficult, I think, to come up with, with, a, with a plot and the plan of the story and say, okay, it's going to start like this and happen this and then that, and that's the middle of the story and then a climax and the end and basta. 
I really, I really need to get the story going. I really need to feel the characters. I really need to, to tame the different characters in the story. And that's, that's a very long process. I often associate this process with just walking around in a city that you don't know. When, when you're in a city that you don't know, you have two options. Option A, you ask for your road. You want to go to A to B, and you are going to ask in your hotel or check on Google Maps the, the, the fastest way to get there. And you are going to probably going to have your, your face on your phone just trying to follow the path. Okay, it's the next one is this one. And you will get there to B, but you will not really enjoy the walk. Second option you have is just walk through the town. Sometimes you will get lost. It's not an issue. It's not uh, a drama. You will just find your way. You will sometimes ask your way to people. But in the end, you will really experience a journey of trying and discover places that you will have not discovered uh, by following a map or, or your phone. And that's for me the most important when I, when I write a story. It's not about the plot and the end of the story. It's about the journey as an author. Where am I going to go through this book? And is that why that book, The, the Truth About the Harry Kubert Affair, is such a big book? Like my copy is over 600 pages in it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would have never written this book with a plan before because I would have been, okay, there's way too much twist. The plot is too long. There's, it's way too big. I would have never done that. I would have probably cut half of the story. But as I was writing the book and as I was having so much pleasure as I was reading, as I was writing this story, I was like, okay, a little more, a little more twist here, a little more plot there. I want to add a little more because I didn't want the story to end. Uh, like a child, you know, it's bedtime, <laughs> but you're reading in a story and it's like, oh, five more minutes, please, please, five, five more minutes. And it's a fantastic feeling. It's a fantastic feeling when, when you don't want a book to end. And I think it's the best feeling as a reader when you're about to finish a book and you don't want the book to be done. It's a great feeling. And it's the same for an author because it means, it doesn't mean that the book will be a success or whatever, but it means that the pleasure that you had as an author writing the story really existed. You really owned it. And, and that's a very important feeling. Absolutely. And that pleasure is part of the joy of, of being, being a writer. And on that then, how long did it take you to write it? Uh, two to three years. Right, before, okay. And was, uh, were there many rewrites involved or edit, much editing? A lot, a lot of version because usually as I don't have a plot, as I don't have a plan before, I, I just write the book as it goes. And after a couple of days or weeks or even months and a few pages or 100 pages, I will stop and I will say, okay, this is not the right story. Now that I wrote these 100 pages, I know what is the story. So I'm going to write a version two that will be different and version two will lead to a version three, etc., etc. And uh, it's usually up to 50 versions to to have the final one, which is 50 uh, or 15, 50, five, zero, five, zero. Oh, my God. Okay. But, but, <laughs> but you cannot you cannot see it as you start. When I start a book, I'm not like, OK, it's going to take me 50 versions and 600 pages and three years of my life. If I think of that, I'm going to stop immediately. It's way too much. But it's just day after day, the pleasure and the pleasure goes on and the pleasure grows and you just want to keep doing it. So did you feel bereft when you finally finished it and it was on the shelves? Yeah, you feel relieved. You feel so finally I did it because during this entire process, you're not really sure if you are going to have a book in the end, if you are going to have a novel in the end. And uh, which is not if, if, if all this work doesn't end up with, uh, with an actual novel, with an actual book, it, it will not be a disaster or drama because it will be okay because the pleasure was still 
in the process. That's why the pleasure is so important because the pleasure is really what you can own and what is yours. But so yes, when the book is finished and when it's printed and you have this book, you're like, ah, oh, I did it, I finished it. It's a bit like the medal that you get if you run a competition or a marathon and you really like, it took you so long and you finally did it and you finish the marathon and you get this medal saying like, you participate. You're just like, I did it. And it's you feel so relieved. Although I'm not sure how your publisher would feel if you said you were writing away for, for quite a while and then you thought there wasn't a book in it. How would they, how would they react? I don't know. <laughs> Let's not try that. <laughs> exactly. It's a good question. And your latest book is called The Disappearance of uh, Stephanie Mailer. And again, it's another twisty thriller, whodunit type mystery books. So you quite like that that format, that, that genre. I like this genre, even though it's not completely a crime novel. What I mean is like, it's a crime novel in the sense where there's an investigation, there's a murder, and the end of the book, you know who did what in the story. But the murder is also here in the book to set an entire story about characters, about uh, people, about relationship between the people. And I think that this aspect, this murder aspect for me is important because it shaped the book and it gives a guideline for the readers. And for me also as the author, it gives a guideline to follow through uh, all the interactions that you will get. And you will see that it's a book where there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of relationship between them, a lot of stories intertwined, a lot of subplot. But so in the end, what keeps you following the story and what keeps, what, what put and what intertwines all this plot and all these people together, it's the murder. It's the resolution of the murder. That's why the, the sometimes the really, the, the, the very avid reader of crime story will write to me and say, but it's not completely a crime story because the crime and the investigation is not, it's not only about the investigation of the, of, the, of the crime. There's many more sides that are not directly linked to the crime story and to the resolution of the crime and to the investigation, which this aspect does not really belong to the crime literature in general, where, where a crime story is supposed to be something only about the crime. And everything that you will read in the story will be something to do, will have something to do with uh, the investigation. In my work, it's not really the case. That's why I would say it's between a crime story and more of a general literary gender. When you have that many characters, though, and that many subplots, do you not worry that you will be confusing the reader? How do you deal with that? I deal with that by not having any plans, any <laughs> any pictures, any map, nothing about that. Why? Because I think that if myself, as the author of the book, if I need to have an entire plan and, and, and with all the names and the people and the, the plot, if I need that to be able to follow my book, so no one will be able to follow and to read my book and, uh, and to read this book on the bus. They will need to sit on the table and draw maps and stuff. So it cannot work. So for me, as long as me, I'm, I'm fine and I follow the story and I follow everything without having the need of, of take, taking notes or with no maps, I think it's fine. It means that someone else will be able to follow the story. I'm always amazed on Inside Books how different authors approach their writing in different ways. We've had some who have to plot to the nth degree, others like you who don't, others who have post-it notes all over their rooms and maps. So again, what we find at the end of the day is it really is whatever works for you as a writer. Yes, absolutely. And that's the beauty of writing, because if you want to be a musician, like a pianist, or if you want to be a painter, there is common skills, common grounds of the skills that you will learn. 
and and it's the same the way you play then of course there's 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 your gift as a as an artist that 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 you will add on a musician or a painter but it's quite the same the techniques are quite the same to be an author there's as many skills as many tech techniques as there's author in the world and that's amazing every author will decide of what is good for for him or for her as an author to be writing his own uh, work. And the truth about the Harry Kubert affair was adapted into a, into a television miniseries. Did you have any involvement at all in that screenplay? Yes, I was. I was very present on the on the sets uh, for the filming. I purposely uh, didn't want to be involved on the on the screenplay uh, because the director, as I can know, for me was the one that was supposed to make all the decision. When you write a book, and especially me, I, there's, there's a lot of things I don't want to decide. I don't describe the characters. I don't describe the place of the story because I want the readers to be the one that will decide. I want, it's their books. It's up to them to make a decision. Of course, when it's a movie or when it's a TV show, it's different because uh, you have to show it. So you have to make decision. That's why I was not involved in the, in the decision, in the process. I, uh, it was up to Jean-Jacques Hano, but I was of course, very, very present on set because I was, I was so curious to see how a book become reality through, uh, through a screen. And were you happy with the end result? I was very happy because for me, it was very important for me to have a beautiful project. It was very important for me to have a beautiful uh, image, a beautiful picture. Uh, and it is, I have to say, very objectively, it was really beautiful. The next book that will be out probably later on this year is The Enigma in Room 622. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Now, this uh, is interesting uh, because one of the main characters is you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it's true. Yes and no. It's uh, for the very first time we mentioned before uh, all my pre- previous books being set in the States. This one is set in my hometown, Geneva. And for me, it was a very important gap. It was a very important uh, gap to make a challenge to do to be able to write fiction in my reality in my in the life in the the city of Geneva where I live where I was born and uh, it was a very special book for on that aspect and it was also a very special book because it was a tribute to my publisher Bernard de, de Falois, my French uh, my French publisher that uh, passed away two years ago and I really wanted to to pay tribute to him. So uh, that's why in the story, there's an investigation again. It's an investigation in Geneva and the Swiss Alps. But there are some, some parts of the story where I'm, uh, I'm, dialogue- I'm talking to my uh, publisher. And that's why it was important for me to be in the story, because it's, it's, uh, it's a novel, it's fiction. But there are some moments that I, I actually really lived with uh, my, uh, my publisher, Bernard. No, it sounds fantastic. Really looking forward to, to reading that. And what are you working on at the moment? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm writing, but uh, it's confusing still because I'm not sure where it's set about the characters. It's, uh, it's the moments of the work where I'm completely lost. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure out what is going to be, what, where it's going to be set, uh, who are the characters in the story. But uh, it's very foggy for now. You need to set one in Ireland, Joel. I would love that. I love the country, I have to say. And do you read many Irish Irish authors? I did not. Shame on me. But if you have any tips to share with me, I, I would be very happy to, 
Oh, don't yes. worry. We'll we'll tweet you loads later on, especially in your in your own genre, and and you can try those. <laughs> and I suppose finally, then you know, for those who are out there this morning about to sit down and 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 write away for the day, have you any tips for either aspiring writers or those who are just trying to to keep keep writing and keep the passion going as you have? It's always tough to give a tip because, as we said before, every author has his own way of working and develop his own way of writing and his own skills. But what I want to say is, like, the most important thing to have, I think, is to have this patience. That's what, well, I often ask people that say, I'm, I'm trying to write a book, but I'm not sure how, and I'm, I'm struggling and uh, for years and years. The question is, do you really want to write a book? It's a, it's, a, it's a big commitment, uh, and, and you have to be willing to spend a lot of time on this work. It's fascinating. It's a, it's, it needs to be a patient. You really need, in the end, the success of a book, as I was telling before, but the success of your work will be the pleasure that you had writing this story. So have pleasure. Make something that makes you joyful. Make something that makes you happy. Write something that when you will wake up in the morning will be, oh my God, I can't wait to have a few hours tonight when the kids are in bed and to have some free time to be able to go back to my story. This is the most important feeling, I think. Sage advice. Joel Digger, thank you for joining us here on Inside Books. And you'll find The Disappearance of Stephanie Mailer online or at your local bookshop now. The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon. Just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details. The handle is at Inside Books I-R-E. And if you want to hear other episodes, just search for us on the various audio platforms. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review. I'm Breda Brown. Until next time, keep reading. Inside Books is a unique media production. 